0: If you find yourself penciling a deal more than once, it's a problem. Online or in-store, Goobagoos Virtual Retailing offers a unified experience and ensures a seamless deal every time. Check it out at gubagoo.com.
1: Want to dive deeper into the topics you hear about on Daily Drive? We're offering listeners a special offer, 20% off a one-year Automotive News digital subscription. That gets you access to all of our news, information, and analysis made for automotive industry leaders like you. Go to autonews.com slash Daily Drive promo to redeem. Welcome to this Weekend Drive edition of Daily Drive for the fourth week of January 2024. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today, we're breaking down some of
2: the biggest stories in the auto industry from the past week and looking forward to what's in store in days ahead. In a few minutes, we'll preview next week's NADA show with our own
3: Dan Shine. It's an opportunity for dealers to get in front of folks who are making decisions and express their opinions, whether positive or negative, uh, or you know, get answers to questions they have. So I think it's a, you know, a valuable facetime for, for dealers.
2: But first, Jamie, once again, my friend, welcome to Saturday. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Good, man. We got a lot to chat about today. So Stellantis is finally launching its new flexible platform, which will support up to eight vehicles. Now, Jamie, Stellantis has a lot of brands. Do you think this plug-and-play approach is the best way to cover all the brands? I mean, a Maserati is very
1: different from a Chrysler. (laughs) Yeah, it sure is. Uh, You know, it's the right idea. It's all going to come down to the execution. In a lot of ways, this harkens back to the old General Motors, where you had a whole you know array of brands and uh, the aim of having uh, was it a vehicle for every person purchase, right? And so you have a lot of the same engineering, but try to make it fit each brand's place in the market with EVs, you know that should be doable, but it's always the tendency, right? You want to put, all of your power, all of your battery, all your range, all the everything good in every vehicle. And then there's not enough distinction between them. And if you try to hold back on something to keep the price down, it often just feels like a lesser vehicle. So it's gonna be a real challenge uh, for the brand engineering of it, but it's the right strategy. It all depends on how well they can pull it off.
2: I agree. I think this is completely, totally all about execution. And speaking of execution, BYD has been executing I mean they overtook VW as China's best-selling car brand in 2023 now is this Jamie a sign of things to come I mean BYD has been in the headlines a lot lately and has become the best-selling brand in the world's largest auto market in such a short amount of time does this put legacy automakers on notice I feel like before we know it BYD's presence will be made here stateside
1: You know, there's a lot going on, and it's one of these weird situations where China is really emerging as a threat to the U.S. auto market, in part because of the weakness of China's own auto market. China grew so much, built a lot of factories, built up a lot of local companies to try to compete with the global automakers. And there's a bit of a slowdown in demand, and they've got all this extra capacity. So what are they doing? They're slashing prices, making it really hard on VW you know, General Motors, BMW, everyone else operating in China, Tesla as well, is having a challenge from all these Chinese automakers undercutting on price. And then they still have excess capacity. So they're shipping more overseas. They're exporting to Europe. They're exporting, of course, to, you know, Russia and Mexico. And you could totally be right. Within a year or two, sometime this decade, it totally makes sense that BYD will make a run at the US market, probably with vehicles made in Mexico rather than in China but uh, you know, we'll see how the, all the the tariffs and trade relations work out. Uh, but it is a definitely a show of strength coming from a market that's feeling a bit of weakness. I think it's definitely
2: worth keeping your eye on seeing where BYD will be by the end of this year for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week we also heard from Anthony Lewandowski, one of the pioneers of self-driving technology. He said this year will be the year of the robot.
3: We're still one or two breakthroughs away from being able to just drive everywhere like a person can, right? So so my view is that you know, the AI advancements are actually what's going to make these two things you know, possible. One is like being able to understand the environment. Second is kind of learning from a bunch of logs uh, automatically how other people are gonna behave in the situation and figure out what the behavior is.
2: What's the reality of that, Jamie? After the issue with Cruise in San Francisco, what will it take for these AV companies to fully earn the trust of consumers Well, there'll always just be that percentage of skeptics out there who will never fully trust AV technology.
1: You know, I have a little bit of a of a different perspective on this. I feel like, you know, we're we follow this news every day and we're very plugged into the problems that Cruise is having. Talk to most people around the country. They've never heard of Cruise. A lot of them don't even know that there are these problems with robo taxis that that Cruise has had all these troubles in San Francisco. Obviously, you know, local folks there do. Uh, but you talk to people in the Midwest or even across the Sunbelt and until Cruz and Waymo come into their markets, it's really out of sight, out of mind. They think it's, you know, it's a science experiment. It's something that's maybe maybe happening, maybe not. Uh, so. You know, it, it might not be as big of a challenge with the public, although certainly what we're seeing with this cruise story, the challenge is probably going to be with regulators are likely to be you know, very defensive about letting robo taxis on the road, letting companies that are very aggressive in their growth plans do what they want to do. They're going to feel like they need to protect the consumer, protect the pedestrians, protect everyone else out there until the technology is absolutely proven to be safe.
2: And Jamie, are there companies like Uber that are pushing back
1: against companies like Cruise and Waymo? You know, Uber is a funny one because their initial you know business uh, thesis was you know we'll get these uh, human driven cars out there and then we'll replace all the drivers with self driving technology. Um, they've since kind of gotten rid of the unit that that would develop that, but. There's still a lot of appeal for a company like Uber or Lyft if they could get cars that would drive themselves. And of course, there's, you know, Tesla with its, uh, you know, full self, quote unquote, full self-driving technology. You know, the idea there that Elon Musk has really pushed is, hey, you can buy a car with an extra ten or $20,000 worth of technology on it, but you can let it go out and earn money for you when you're not using it and help pay for that technology and then some. So a lot of interesting thinking going on around how people are gonna get around in vehicles in the future. And uh, I don't know how it's all gonna work out. I have no idea. Gotcha. Well, coming up,
2: the 2024 NADA show kicks off next week here in Las Vegas. We'll talk about what we expect from this year's show next on Weekend Drive.
1: Daily Drive is kicking off the new year by reviving an old name in a new format. We're bringing back a weekend drive edition of Daily Drive. Jamie and I will go deeper into the biggest automotive stories of the week. Every weekend, you'll hear fresh insights, analysis, and what has me running hot, if not overheated. To think that's gonna get done in a year, a little over a year, is um, foolishly optimistic.
2: That's that's a little dark, but let's (laughs) shift to something a little more positive. You'll also hear from our experts in the newsroom here at Automotive News about the latest industry trends and topics.
0: EV sales are not declining. That's the narrative we're kind of seeing outside of the industry. They aren't declining, but the pace of growth definitely has slowed.
1: Come back this weekend for our Weekend Drive edition of Daily Drive. And of course, tune in every weekday for all the news you need to know to keep
2: up in the auto industry.
0: We know 95% of customers complete at least a portion of their vehicle buying journey online, so they expect the deal they create on your website to match exactly what they see in your showroom. If it doesn't, you can lose that customer's trust, risking not only that deal, but also any future opportunities. That's where Goobagoos Virtual Retailing steps in we transform the conventional car buying process into a modern, transparent, and seamless experience. With Goobagoo, you'll be able to access information the customer entered online, such as their favorite vehicles, in-progress deals, and any pending orders when they enter your dealership. And our industry-leading F&I process averages nearly three times greater revenue per deal, thanks to our smart menus and bundles. Did we mention that virtual retailing is fully integrated with our premium chat solution? Real-time messaging and live support from our team of specialists brings the engagement of your showroom directly to your website. Don't let disconnected experiences drive customers away. Try virtual retailing by Goobagoo, where seamless meets success. Discover the difference and see why over 8,000 dealers and 20 OEMs trust us at Goobagoo.com. That's G-U-B-A-G-O-O.com.
1: Welcome back to Weekend Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. We'll soon be traveling to Las Vegas for the 2024 NADA show, a mix of meetings, mingling, and a few speeches. Dealers come to compare notes on what went well and what didn't in 2023, and to learn from experts and their peers on challenges ahead and how to surmount them. There is concern among many in the industry that high interest rates, costly consumer goods, and expensive window stickers will put a dent in vehicle sales in 2024, even with increased inventory. And EV sales, while not slumping, have slowed at some brands, as dealers and some consumers wonder if the industry's push is too much too soon. I spoke about the show with Automotive News Senior Editor Dan Shine. Dan Shine, welcome back to Daily Drive. Or as I should say, weekend drive. Yes, I love the what you've done with the weekend drive studio. It looks great. <laughs> well, you know, usually you're on uh, daily drive on Fridays, uh, talking with folks about F and I or service and parts. But uh, here we are on Saturday. I wanted to ask you about uh, NADA. We're packing up the teams and uh, heading out west again. Yeah, looking forward to it. A lot of a lot of work, but a lot of you know opportunities to. To
3: see folks in person, talk, hear, hear what they're thinking about, and find out about the latest kind of
1: trends and tools that are going on in the, in the industry. Yeah, big show for, obviously, for vendors to get FaceTime with dealers, but just for dealers to see each other. Uh, it's a, a big thing. Of course, we have uh, at Automotive News, we have our retail forum, and uh, you're heading a panel, you're moderating a panel that uh, really touches kind of a nerve center for a lot of dealers uh, looking at the EV market.
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be a great discussion. I got a really nice uh, panel, a couple of dealership uh, folks, and um, Melinda Zabrisky from Experian, who's got mm-hmm. a lot of good data, um, and then uh, Eric Watson from Kia. Um, and so, I'm really looking forward to the discussion. I think uh, EVs are interesting. You know, they were quite the buzz. I think, you know, if you go back to NADA, probably two years ago, I see everybody, us all people, seem seeing that we're talking about. And now, I think this time around. I think there is, as you know, as we've reported recently, a lot of dealers are telling the White House, pump the brakes a little bit here. This, I don't think we're all quite ready for EVs to take over
1: so soon. Yeah, it's been a really interesting market because it varies so much by brand and even by product. You know, we've had a front page story about uh, Mercedes having too many, you know, high-end vehicles, you know, $80,000, $100,000 EVs on the lots. But in recent months, Mercedes sales have more than doubled. Uh, they've actually kind of moved up the ranks, maybe because they <laughs> pushed all those vehicles on the dealers. Now they're finding ways to get them on, their, on the consumers. But then some of the biggest brands, uh, you know, Tesla has really slowed down. And of course, that kind of drags down the whole momentum of the market. Uh, but Chevy and Ford aren't seeing the same big growth they were when their new models were first hitting. Uh, so it's a lot of push and pull. The Koreans are, you know, they were they were strong and then they were weakened by the Inflation Reduction Act. Now they're uh, playing that game a little better. So it, there's a lot of puts and takes in, in that EV market. I think we could have a
3: two-hour long discussion and and not run out
1: of things to say, but uh, it's only going to be, we're going to compress it all, all the good information into 30 minutes. Well, I know EVs will come up at the the make meetings. That's where the brand executives, you know, talk to their dealers and in some cases, listen to their dealers. Uh, It really depends on the, you know, the health of each brand and what their meetings tend to go like, but that's, you know, such an important, part of what happens at this show it's a you know real important interactivity you know between the the brand executives and and their retailers
3: right it's an opportunity for dealers to get in front of folks who are making decisions and and express their opinions whether positive or negative uh, or you know get answers to questions they have so i think it's a you know valuable face time for
1: for dealers yeah Really important. So, one of the other uh, kind of overarching issues I think we'll be asking a lot of uh, folks, dealers, brand brand executives, and others about is the affordability uh, crisis, or at least a challenge that the industry is facing. If it's not a full full on crisis, uh, kind of exacerbated by high interest rates, uh, what what are you hearing about that? I think right. It's there's
3: there's concern, you know, among dealers, especially in the F and I office, that you know, you know, we're after you know some really good years of of making a lot of money that maybe twenty twenty four is not gonna be that kind of year. <laughs> um, but it seems like the dealers always seem to kinda of pull a rabbit out of their hat and they and they seem to do okay. Um but yeah there's concern uh you know they're seeing a lot more, you know, cash deals, people bringing you know, the full amount of a car to the to the deal and and that, you know, will cut into some F and I, you know, profits. Um, but I think there's hope out there, you know, in the Fed kinda of signaling that they were you know, kind of think a, you know decrease the interest rates a little bit in 2024. So I think you know it's not full out panic, and that there's maybe there's some you know there's a rainbow at the end of the at the thunderstorm.
1: Yeah, I think you know a lot of you know more uh, caution in the industry these days. You know, everyone's seeing inventory come back, prices coming back down. Instead of uh, pretty much every vehicle getting sold for MSRP or above, we're starting to see a lot more reasonable pricing. Uh, and a lot of headwinds to the demand. I mean, we've talked about not only the higher interest rates and the high prices of vehicles generally, but people with student loans having to start making those payments again, uh, just a lot of things that are on people's minds. If the Fed does turn around and start cutting interest rates, that will certainly give a, a little bit of enthusiasm back to the market.
3: Yeah, I still think people are, you know, they, they see those sticker prices and they just think, you
1: know, it's, it's not
3: for me. And you know, I think a lot of people will get back into the used market. And so that, that inventory is going up. So I just, you know, but I think, yeah, people have a sticker shock you know, for what they're seeing. And uh, like you mentioned, you know, student loans are back, you know, and back in the mix. And so the young young buyers are, you know, wondering what they can afford and if they can afford anything.
1: You mentioned the sticker shock. I remember uh, this is actually quite a few years ago before I even came to Automotive News. I was still at Bloomberg and uh, wrote about the $50,000 minivan you know, as Chrysler was bringing out the, the plug-in hybrid uh, Pacifica now, um, and it used to be a joke to, you know, I would say, uh, well, nobody wants to pay $40,000 for a Camry. And I had a $40,000 Camry in my driveway uh, from the press fleet uh, earlier this year, last year. And um, it was really nice. It was not unfairly priced, but it's, uh, it is remarkable with all the technology, how expensive cars are getting these days. Yeah, there just aren't many.
3: I don't know. I don't know if there are. Might be one vehicle that's under twenty thousand dollars now these days. I don't know. We you know, we run charts in F and I in our newsletter all the time about the number of people who are paying seven hundred dollars or more a month, and how many people, you know, record number are paying over a thousand a month for for their auto loan payment.
1: Yeah, for a single vehicle, not for all their family fleet. <laughs> no, right, exactly. It's crazy. It's funny. We are hearing a lot of you know brave talk or optimistic talk about $25,000 EVs. You know, that's, certain, that's what Tesla is aiming for. I think Stellantis has talked about that. Uh, Hyundai and Kia, I think, have, have some aims to bring out more affordable EVs. But it's a, a lot of challenges to getting to that kind of a price range.
3: There, there are. And and I think even for the consumer, if if they get a vehicle that Tesla or whomever it may be gets in, the, in that $25,000 range, I think... Th- People now are kind of learning, you know, they're seeing the reports about, you know, having charging troubles in cold weather cities like Chicago. Uh, and there's, you know, there's still the range anxiety out there about, you know, what how far can I go on this? And, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've had, you know, fleet cars as well, press fleet cars in, that are EVs and, you know, have, you know, been stuck in one spot where I've got to go plug in before I can return home. And I don't use the heater because it drains the battery too fast. Yeah. And so I think there's still... The consumer out there, I think, is interested, and I, but I think, I think the, the, the momentum will be up for hybrids. I think are going to gain some momentum here. That maybe this is a happy bridge to full EVs. Maybe we get more hybrids out into the into the marketplace, and I think consumers might then, you know, dip a toe in the water and think that maybe, oh, well, maybe I can do this.
1: Yeah, hybrids. And uh, for some brands, you know, plug-in hybrids can be an important, like you said, a bridge, you know, let people get used to charging, uh, but not be so constrained if they are going to run out of battery and, and to know they have that gas engine to keep them going. Yeah, for sure. Although those are <laughs> some pretty expensive vehicles, too, for their size. Yeah. It's, uh Yep, absolutely. definitely a trade-off. All right, before we before I let you go, of course, um, it's in Las Vegas. Auto dealers like to have a good time. Are there are there parties or any you know, big events that you're looking forward to? There's all yeah. There's
3: you know I always kind of like to see you know there's a lot of musical acts from you know my era of you know 80s and 90s you know that you really haven't that you liked them back then and they haven't heard from them in you know in a decade or two and so there are some some people are throwing parties that you know feature. You know, some of these musical acts that, that are, you know, part of my younger days that I'm, you know, interested in going to see. And it's, it's always fun. It's always a fun time.
1: Well, and there's a big kickoff uh, at the Sphere, right? Which is a real attraction if you haven't been to Vegas since that was built. I mean, you see it from everywhere. Yeah.
3: I'm looking forward to seeing that. I was hoping to go see you too on Wednesday night before then, but I haven't scored a ticket yet because like EVs, they're priced out of my market.
1: Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Can't hold that against you. Thanks, Dan. Safe travels out to Vegas. See you there. That's all for this Weekend Drive edition of Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters. And
2: I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News Coordinating
1: Producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast.
2: You can get the latest news on retail, electrification, and everything happening in the auto industry at
1: autonews.com. Come back on Monday for a conversation with Lincoln President Diane Craig.
0: We're not where we want to be yet, you know, even with the record number of consolidations that we uh, had in, in 2023, and it's going to continue to be our focus in 2024.
1: If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.